my identity as an actor is not connected to how much I work or how much I don't work. That's who I am. That's what I do. If nobody hires me, I'll find some other way to do it. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algod. And coming up today in episode 297, I sit down for part two of my updated conversation with community favorite Michael Kostroff, a prolific stage and screen actor and creator of the game changing audition psych. 101. If you, for whatever reason, haven't listened to part one from the last episode, be sure you t- tune into that before jumping into part two today, because in today's segment, we expand a bit on what we talked about last time, but specifically, we talk a bit about some of his more recent acting jobs, and this is kind of fun, man. <laughs> he talks about why playing Robert De Niro's brother in the HBO TV movie Wizard of Lies was a decidedly less than fun experience for him. Uh, Spoiler alert, by the way, he still completely crushed it using one of my favorite mindset shifts from his Audition Psych 101 workshop. We also discuss how it's a changed and changing world out there, how he's now booking main stage performance gigs, this is totally true, at Carnegie Hall via Facebook, how we can all cope a little bit more effectively with the increasingly fast-paced world of self-taped auditions, and why maybe being a curmudgeon sometimes could be a very healthy thing. So that and a whole lot more coming up today in episode 297. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the current version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And it's available now in the iTunes App Store. So if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole lot more. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn about all the great new features in the new version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 297. AJ, how are you? Good morrow, sir. We have a few uh, tiny announcements. The first one is the big one, and that is the, our episode 300 slash holiday party. It is definitely confirmed now for Monday, December 11th. And it's going to be at the parlor in Hollywood. I think that's on Melrose, isn't it? That is correct. Cool. It's uh, most likely going to be in the evening. Uh, We will have the exact time and all the additional details for you very soon, either via our social media, via this podcast, via our newsletter, or via all of the above. It's, uh, It's going to be a fun time, guys. So bookmark that on your calendar Monday. December 11th uh, at the parlor in the evening at some point. It's going to be a fun get-together for the community uh, before, as we say farewell to 2017 and welcome in 2018 and hopefully, a, you know, maybe another 100 episodes of this podcast. We'll see. Also, in the membership, uh, just a quick little highlight. Jen shared a link to uh, the union working, union working meeting for 
um, November 9th. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it is a sort of nonpartisan, uh, you know, group of actors who are doing their utmost to move the union forward, move it in, you know, a positive direction for all of the performers that are involved with SAG-AFTRA. So um, it's actually a really great idea. And these meetings are where they get together to uh, discuss ideas and next steps and action plans, etc. I have yet to uh, attend one, but I am very excited to to do so. So uh, yeah, Thursday, November 9th, 7.30 to 9.30. Um, at the Women's Club of Hollywood, which is on La Brea in Hollywood. And you can check out all that info um, through the link on our website. Cool. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes for this episode on the website. And if you resonated at all in any way, shape, or form with everything that Kevin West uh, shared on the most recent um, interview series that we did with him on the show, be sure to check out that meeting. Uh, Lastly, Working Wednesday, still going strong. It's really, like you said last time, AJ, taking on a life of its own. We have uh, the very amazing Grace Gordon to thank for starting that movement and fostering that on our Twitter feed. It's really fun. Every Wednesday, I look forward to seeing what people are up to. If you're doing something on Wednesday for your career, for your thrival job, for your health, for your life, whatever it is, uh, let us know about it. Share a photo, share a video, share a quick text description, whatever. Hashtag Working Wednesday. And uh, we'll uh, make sure you at, uh, include us as well at Inside Acting. And we'll be sure to uh, retweet it to the community. Dope. Yeah. So what's going on in your world this week? Things are extremely busy with thrival job and you know some other things I got going on. It was really funny. I, I told Jasmine, uh, what was it, like a day or two ago, uh, you know, she had had, we, we sort of give each other honeydews, you know, it's like, hey, can you support me with this? Can you support me with that? And she asked me like, are you, do you think you'd have time to do uh, this and this? Just a couple of like, you know, pretty simple things. And I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh my God, no, <laughs> no, I, I actually don't. I can't. Every single minute of this week is just packed with stuff going on. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is the exact kind of week where I'm going to get an audition. Like, I just know it. I just know it. Like, with it, this packed and so much going on, I was like, watch, watch. Jasmine, I'm going to get two auditions this week. You watch. Sure enough, man. It, today's Monday. So, you know, this is when uh, the the casting directors or whatever are doing their, you know, get back to work after the weekend. Got an email, came in, have an audition. It's a week from today. So it's not technically this week, but still like how, how like ridiculous is that sourcing? Like, yeah, man. I'm, so, I'm so busy right now. I'm going to get an audition. I know it. And there it is. Boom. In my inbox, in my inbox. And it's a week from today. And it's a, it's a big one. I'm actually really excited about. So. Uh, anyway, just, just one of those things. Well, I think that's, that's, it's great. Cause there's two great ways to, uh, up, uh, the number of auditions you get book, book a plane ticket. Number one, that almost never fails. If you want to never fail, you want to get an audition, a big, important audition, make sure you book a plane ticket, uh, and just be super busy with your thrival job. Fill up your calendar with a shitload of commitments and, uh, something will come in. The hustle is real. The hustle so, is any, real. Any, any thoughts or tips about how you're going to sort of field all this and, and stay sane and keep your stress level fairly well managed? while you're while you're prepping this audition and doing all the other things sleep meditation 
sometimes when I have like an abundance of time, I'm like, oh, I can sleep in, everything, da da da. But like, it catches up with you, you know, when you are busy. So last week I was a little bit, you know, a little bit less of a busy place, and I, I, I did not take as good a care of my, you know, sleep hygiene and everything that as I should have, and I'm paying for it now. Don't do that. Stay disciplined, folks. It's interesting, too, that you mentioned sleep and meditation, which are probably the top two things that go out the window when people get busy. But you're saying those are two things that you're going to move to the top of the priority list. Hey, if you don't have time to meditate for an hour, meditate for two hours, right? That's yeah. the old uh, adage. So definitely going to focus on those two things. And then thankfully, this audition, like it's a lot of work, but I, 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 I know the material really well already. So that's... A good thing. Can you talk about it, or is it uh, under wraps? It's not under wraps. I didn't sign any like NDAs or anything. It's just more of like an energetic thing. Like I want to keep it like I don't know, energetically siloed for the moment. So we'll probably. My guess is we'll record after the fact for our next episode. So I'll talk about it much more then. Okay. All right, man. What does your meditation practice look like these days? So, um, what's cool is. Apple is actually doing a an employee meditation challenge for the month of November. And uh, we are using what will likely be my pick of the week next week, which is a new meditation app that I had not tried um, because before I was using Headspace, which Trevor, you and I have talked about quite a lot. But this one is called uh, 10% Happier. There's a book uh, that, well, that, that news anchor guy or journalist guy wrote a book about... Uh about meditation the same title right yes exactly and and he started meditating after he had a panic attack on live television in front of millions of viewers so um you know he had a he had a very obvious motivation but um yeah it's just a kind of a cool thing that uh, he and the app sort of partnered up with apple and we're they're giving us first of all they're giving us a free membership for a year um, for the application, which is super cool. And then the app has a lot of great resources in it, just like Headspace. Um, and uh, we're using it for the quote-unquote challenge. And the challenge is just to meditate 25 uh, out of the 30 or 31. Is November 30 or 31? I think November is a 30-day month. 25 out of the 30 days um, yeah. in in November. So that's been really cool. It's like a, per, you know, it's one of those things, just perfect timing kind of came back into our, uh, or sorry, came back into my sort of uh, world um, at the perfect time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Have you started that then? Yes. Yeah. I've been doing it since November 1st. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You yeah. know, when I first moved to LA, I remember very clearly uh, taking a lot of pride, sort of like short-sighted pride in, in my Philly roots and coming to LA and be like, oh, it's the land of vegan, yoga, meditating, you know, <laughs> like artsy, liberal people. Like you'll never catch me doing any of that stuff. And And now, of course, 15 years later, I swear by meditation. I swear by yoga. I'm a full tilt vegan. Uh, I'm drinking the full California Kool-Aid, but I really believe in this stuff. But I'm curious to people listening, because we've we've talked about meditation and we're talking right now about it. And we're saying things like, if you don't have time to meditate for an hour, you need to meditate for two. In your busy lives as artists, what would you say to somebody listening like me from 15 years ago who was like, oh, God, with your new age meditation vegan crap, like... What would you say to that person about why 
meditation might benefit them as a central uh, life practice. I don't know. It's sort of like the, the, the I don't know. I, I don't want this to sound super. It's probably going to come out sounding kind of judgmental, but I would be, you know, my question would be like, um, cool. Have you created all the results that you want in your life? No. Okay. Well, why not try something different? <laughs> That's it. Just try something yeah. different. Yeah. That's all, you know, um, because the answer is kind of almost always going to be no, unless you're the rock. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. unless you're Dwayne Johnson, like the answer is kind of always going to be no to that question. Have you accomplished everything you want in life? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Well, why not try something different? He's not president yet. So, so let's not tell him I know too short. He's, he's been, I know he's been, he's been, uh, he's been teasing about what was that article? There's this big article on him in uh, Rolling Stone or something like that. And, and they were talking yeah. about that pretty heavily. So yeah, exactly. But anyway, you know, it's like if you haven't created all the results that you want in your life, maybe try something different. Try something new. Mm. Mm. That's it. That's all. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best Voiceover Training four years in a row. Guys, it is pretty much everything you'd ever need to know about getting started with a successful, profitable voiceover career that you can feel in control of and enjoy and you know where to scare up work, how to scare up work, not to feel like a sleazeball, how to do work you enjoy, how to work with clients. It's it's just awesome. A to Z, top to bottom, everything you need to run Start and run a, a prolific and successful voiceover career. So check it out. Uh, VO2GoGo.com slash start will get you access to a completely free getting started in voiceover online class. It'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio and maybe even your bank account. That's right. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com slash start. Let's uh, let's go ahead and roll into part two of uh, Michael's interview. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So check this out, guys. Michael Kostroff updated part two. So it's kind of like part four, but you get the idea. Coming at you right now, and we'll catch you on the other side. talk about your experience doing wizard of lies playing robert de niro's brother now i <clears throat> I, ha I since we just confirmed this interview like 36 hours ago i haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it it's something i've been wanting to check out just to see your performance your work um but but tell us about this this must have been awesome uh it wasn't um i uh for, for reasons <laughs> that are kind of interesting you know i've worked with a lot of big stars and i typically don't get intimidated i have to handle myself that's part of my job and i what i've learned um is that when i'm a guest on a show like that i part of my job is to protect the bubble of the celebrity who's not doesn't want to deal with nervous people around them they need to be able to do their work as actors and when you get to the other side of being impressed with them we're all just doing the work, you know, uh, and they, you know, being nervous around them makes their day harder. For some reason, 
I just had a complete lapse in security. <laughs> I, I because it was De Niro, and I was really intimidated, and I went way down a, a well of insecurity. I shouldn't be here. I'm I'm not good enough. He's he's a, he's De Niro. He's going to be a look, able to look at me and tell me I'm a crap actor. He's going to be able to tell just by looking at me. Uh, I just you know, and this it doesn't usually happen. But on this day, or on, on the, those days, I wasn't able to shake it. I got really shy and depressed and quiet and self-loathing. And then I was mad at myself for not being able to shake it off. And I couldn't shake it off. And I was grateful for the fact that I've been teaching a technique in my audition psych class that I call the safety net. You know, if you really can't get your shit together. And we talked about this, that, you know, if that's all you have to play, then that's what you got to play. Trusting that technique, I, uh, my work in Wizard of Lies is mostly internally going, I shouldn't be on a set with Robert De Niro. I don't belong here. They're going to find out. And there was all this truth going on. And you know what? It was a good performance. I, ha I didn't have a good time, but it was a good performance because I was really experiencing something very real on camera. And the audience doesn't know that's what was going on. I mean, it's a you know his, they're dealing with this crisis where they're you know they're, they're getting busted for for all these crimes. So the tension made sense, hmm. but um, I got really uncharacteristically just very very small and insecure. And I mean, you know how that just happens once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but I'm I'm pleased with how I dealt with it. Instead of going, oh, I'm fucked. That's going to ruin my performance. I just went, this is going to be my performance now. This is what I'm playing, playing the truth. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you, I'm just putting myself in your shoes a little bit. If it were me, <clears throat> one of my defense mechanisms is to just talk and talk and talk and talk oh. and talk. And I would probably have told anybody who would listen my, what my emotional state is at that point. And, no, uh, I, 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 I'm happy to say I made myself not do that. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I called my wife, you know, on a cell phone, thank God for cell phones. And she listened and that's all, that's what, you know, but I couldn't, I, I, I didn't want to appear unprofessional. So I had to sort of keep it internal and yeah, I didn't really make, I didn't talk to people. By the way, Robert De Niro is very shy. He's a very sweet man and very shy. Really? And so between takes, we just stood there together. We just, wow. <laughs> it was awful. Nobody talked. <laughs> you didn't att attempt to make small talk or anything. Cause I remember last time you said, you know, like, look, he's in his office. He doesn't need somebody bugging him right now. Like he's got to be exactly. in his space. He's in his office, but also, uh, in a normal setting, we'd strike up a conversation as a couple of colleagues, as actors together. You know, I have to put myself in the, I have to pretend that's normal. You know, I, I, I mean, I've done it with Sally Fields. I've done it with Mushka Hargitay. I've done it with, you know, with a bunch of really important actors that I could have been freaked out by, but I, it was my job to not be, you know, mm -hmm. but this time I was like, I just, I couldn't strike up a conversation with anybody. So it was no fun. It was no fun. Uh, it was no fun, and I and I and I am really happy with my work, which is something you can't usually can't say, but I I I liked it. Cool. Yeah. I, I I can't wait to watch it. I I um I'm embarrassed I, I haven't yet, but I'm excited to to check it out, and especially now knowing um sort of what your process was, that'll be that'll be cool. <laughs> well, don't don't be ashamed, but it is really good. I, I'm not paid to plug it, but it's a really good, interesting take on the Bernie Madoff story. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, I I did a, an episode of a tiny, tiny, tiny role. In fact, I don't, I wasn't even really on camera for any of it. Um, but of Bones, uh, <clears throat> a while ago now, and I remember it was an early call. I was on set at like you know six thirty or seven a.m. and I was in the makeup trailer with David Boreanaz sitting like not next to me, but the next seat down. 
And I made the mistake of trying to make small talk with him. And it was just clear after about 10 seconds that he just was not into it. And I don't think it's because he's a bad guy. I just think it was because, like you properly sensed, he maybe he's shy or maybe he's just at work and doesn't want to be bugged by people. And and uh, that was a lesson I learned. It's like, you know what? This is their office. I'm a guest. Let them have their space. Right. I think it's totally appropriate to, you know, without any shyness, walk right up, shake somebody's hand, say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm playing such and such. And, you know, bridge the gap because as sometimes they are shy. But I, I think it's the same as what I talk about with, with auditioning. You can't come in needing anything. That that brings in a whole level of uh, uh, giving somebody a job that that's not their job, which is to take care of you, mm-hmm. you know. And it's really interesting. You really never know what's going on. At one point, I was rehearsing the producers in New York City, long days of dancing and singing all day long, and then taking the train to Baltimore to film The Wire, right? So I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I mean, I can't complain. I'm doing two of the best jobs going, right? But I was sitting in this courtroom trying to just catch a nod, just trying to catch a few winks. And this uh, this background actor kept talking to me and asking me about how I got on the show and, you know, telling me this could turn into something. And I didn't feel like telling him that I've been on the show for five seasons. And I just and I'm sure I, I didn't I didn't say anything mean, but I'm sure that he felt that I was being rude. But I, I was exhausted. I couldn't keep my eyes open. So you never know what's going on with people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, you know. All of us in our tribe, or most of us, suffer from vast insecurity. So a lot of the actors, they, even if they're series regulars or starring in a show, may still feel like they're crap and they're getting over on, you know, and they might feel, you know, they're not arrogant. They might feel the opposite. They might feel shy and insecure. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I remember reading an interview with Kate Winslet after Titanic had its huge success, and uh, and her her predominant state of mind for many many years afterwards was was what if I never work again? What if they find out I'm a fraud? What if they find out that I actually can't act and that was just a big fluke and that this was the last, this is the best success I'll ever have in my life and then my career is nowhere from here. And I think that's common. Somewhere on the internet, there's an interview with, uh, let's see, it was Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, and I'm I'm having, because I'm in my mid-50s, I can't think of the name of the, I think it's, it's a redheaded actress. She's a Juliet, Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore. Okay. And they were all talking about this. And Meryl Streep said uh, something along the lines of the night before she starts any film, she has to fight like a tiger, not to call them and say, I, I, I got nothing. I can't do it. I'm not, uh, I don't know how to do this. I can't act. Yeah, I mean, she's wow. literally saying, she goes, I can't act, you know, and all three of them was like, you too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I stink. You know, they all go through it. We all go through it. Yeah. All of us, you know, I, I and the ones that, like... yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the ones that don't, I think are the ones who really suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm starting to learn that that's the difference between successful people, meaning people who, you know, progressively realize something that's worthy to them and unsuccessful people is that <clears throat> it's not the feeling or the confidence level. It's just that they decide to show up no matter what they just, they made the commitment and they follow through. And that's all that, that's all that separates the sort of people from who, who get the job and do the job from the people who don't. Yeah, it really is. I, you know, I, on stage, I seem to play these big, loud roles that are like a lot of presence, like Max Bialsdok and Tenardier and Les Mis, these yeah. big, you know, and around, I can remember so many days when I had a show that night around four in the afternoon thinking, that guy can't be me. 
I'm just this potato sitting on a couch. I, I'm not even interesting. And then I get to the theater and I, you know, you get on the boat, the boat leaves the shore and there you are. But, you know, I, I'm like, that can't be me. Come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I may have asked you this previously. Have there been moments where you've seriously considered, you know what? I got to give this up. I'm going to go to real estate or something. Have you had moments like that? No. No, not once. No. Um, because my uh, identity as an actor is not connected to how much I work or how much I don't work. Uh, to me, this is that's who I am. That's what I do. If nobody hires me, I'll find some other way to do it. You know? So, no, I never thought about giving it up. Uh, I mean, in the last six months, when, uh, when the work wasn't coming, I was thinking about what else I could do. <laughs> do I need to go back to temping or something? But uh, luckily, I haven't had to do that. Hey, uh, speaking of, you've got a couple books you're also working on. I know you said when you yes. weren't working, you had a couple you know, readings, you directed a play, you had this kind of odd job at Carnegie Hall, which I definitely want to hear about. But um, you're, you've got two books you're working on. Is that right? It's funny because this time of, of not working on TV has actually lined up well with some deadlines. So um, I used to be one of two advice columnists for Backstage. I used to write a column called The Working Actor. And we would I alternated with this woman, Jackie Apodaca, who's a professor now. And she wanted to publish. And, and so we, um, we got ourselves a book deal with a really big publisher to do a textbook based on our columns, which was uh, actually kind of a lot of work to put together. And we just we just handed in the, the uh, manuscript for that on uh, uh, September 1st. So that was a really intense because uh, we, we had so many columns over the years and, and sort of choosing which ones were worthy to include and, uh, you know, updating information that's outdated. And, you know, it was a lot. So that that was one book. The other is uh, I'm doing a book version of Audition Psych 101 because I've, I hear from people all over the country asking, you know, when I'm going to come to Wichita. And I'm like, I don't know when that's going to be. So, uh, you know, and, and also I think when people attend the workshop, they sort of would love to have a uh, something to take with them that's a you know a, a written version of it. So I, I'm uh, that's almost that's inches away from being finished, and we'll be out with uh, before the end of the year. So uh, yeah, been doing, awesome. I've been being a writer. I also this has nothing to do with show business. At my wife's encouragement, I started a blog. Uh, it's it's called the Weekly Curmudgeon. Oh, what's, what's the what's the URL? I want to look it up right now. It's theweeklycurmudgeon.com. My wife said to me, look, you're a middle-aged man with lots of complaints and you're a writer and you, <laughs> you need to go ahead and write a blog. And I was just doing it for me and then to my surprise, people started, started reading it because apparently I'm not the only one with complaints. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've sort of adopted this very snooty persona that writes the column. And um, oh, I mean I did a whole one on, on – ranting about how American cheese is not cheese and should never be called such. And there are a lot of things about grammar and punctuation and protocols. And you Okay, know, cool. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That, that, this looks like a lot of fun. I'm just looking at the first post and it starts with, <laughs> all right, curmudgeonites. I'm going to lay this out <laughs> calmly, though I don't expect to succeed. That's, that's great. Now, is there, I just got to ask, there's got to be the temptation to uh, take this in the direction of like politics or policy. Do, have you felt that urge and how have you avoided it? It's such a great question. I love that. you And I love that we're completely off of show business now. Cause that's, that's good too. This is deliberately not a political column because we have a lot of that, but I am, I don't know how I'm going to write this yet, but I, I want to talk about the president in terms of, uh, rules of deportment and, uh, 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 etiquette 
and class and uh, uh, behavior, you know, uh, and because that's something that I talk about a lot in the column is the the way we're supposed to act. And you know, I'm sort of I'm sort of talking about this before I'm ready to write it, but I'll just tell you uh, that I'm, I'm trying to make the case that we have indulged in a, in a lot of rule breaking for a generation now, starting with you know having. Uh, Jerry, the Jerry Springer show where we celebrated infidelity for the first time rather than it being a source of shame, where we had people throw things at each other, things that you're not supposed to do, you know, and we've sort of rejected the rules of grammar. And, you know, in texting, we can spell things however we want. And it's it's become this sort of rule breaking generation. It's sort of it's sort of uh, deliberately not political because, God help us, we really have enough of that. And I also don't think I know enough about the subject to, to speak with any expertise. Um, uh, and I also want it to be funny. And God, that stuff is depressing. Uh, the, the closest I came, though, was I did write one, uh, one weekly curmudgeon that I called They Started It. Um, and it's also it's always Without without naming any names, I just talked about childish debate techniques and how no adult would ever use them and how they don't stand up to logic. So, of course, that's the that's that's the technique of a child to say they started it or to say, look over there, they did something worse or, you know, and that's as far as I've come. <laughs> I think people can draw, draw their own conclusions on that one. Uh, uh, but I, I, I yeah, I kind of want to protect my readers from yet another political uh, rant. Uh, there are people I like to read those from, but they won't come from me. That sort of just reminded me about this Carnegie Hall gig that you booked. And I, I would love to hear sort of what that was. You said it was sort of a, a, its own story. One of the things that I always think is amazing about our business is that you could be like depressed, destitute, nothing going on. And then some weird Tuesday afternoon, something happens that, that, is is amazing and unexpected. So I'm sitting around with no work and um, somebody send, sends me a private message on Facebook. He's a, a conductor and he wanted to know if, if I'd like to be involved in a, car, in a concert at Carnegie Hall. They do these concert versions of these musicals with a full symphony orchestra. And of course I went, yes, I would. <laughs> I mean, the, I, but I don't know how he got my name. And, and I, as I found out more about it, it was, Bill Irwin was in it, or a Blair Brown, and uh, then a bunch of people that you'd only know if you're a Broadway fan. But Kelly uh, Kelly O'Hara was a huge Broadway singer, and you know all these all these Broadway people, and then then little old me. It was just one of those things that I I can't even I don't even know how it happened. Uh, somebody recommended me. It was really trippy to step out on that stage. Um, you know, Carnegie Hall is one of those. Just amazing halls. It's you look at that, you think somebody really loved music, like enough to mm. build this whole building, uh, and it was very humbling. Uh, the show we were doing was Babes in Toyland, which is really bizarre and yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't need to be performed again. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm suddenly singing with a, with a duet with Kelly O'Hara, who's a huge Broadway star. There's yeah. nothing more to tell about it. It was just, it was just sort of. What's really cool about that is that your your reputation got you that job. Like mm. somehow, somewhere, some way, somebody went, Michael Kostroff's the guy. Find him online and invite him to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I was choice number 27, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you were, on, you were in the shortlist, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that is really, really cool. And so they just literally offered you the gig or did you have to go in and, and audition for on it? Or what? Facebook. They offered it to me on Facebook. That's a new world, man. 
and it paid a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I just kind of gulped. And he's like, you know, he's on the phone with me. He's like, well, it pays this much. I'm like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. Actually, that I do want to ask you one more question before we wrap up, because I know it's it's late over there in New York for you, too. But um, I, I want to ask you, because the last time we talked was probably about a year ago. And, you know, it was only a year. But at the same time, this industry and technology tends to move so quickly that a year can be a long time. And I've, I've noticed even just in the past few months, there's been much, much more self-taping and a lot of sort of changes around the, the way business is done. And like people are offered these major things on Facebook now. I mean, ha- have you noticed that happening in your own experience and or in the life of your students? And, and how has that helped or hindered some of the, the work, if at all? Well, I- uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of self-taping. I, I think I'm like most actors. I'd rather go in and see the casting director and get notes and get adjustments and work on the scene. I, I don't enjoy it, but I think, like everybody, I'm 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 trying to make friends with it because it's you know it, it's 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 how things are being done. Um, uh, the best thing to remember is that if you're self-taping, probably everybody going up for your role is self-taping, so it's an even playing field. But the main thing to me is speed. I mean, the speed with which uh, things are happening, uh, where, where they're saying, can, you know, can you start tomorrow or, you know, <laughs> can you, uh, you know, I, I think I often get my auditions at six o'clock the night before the audition. Yeah. It's really remarkable how fast it is. And I, I guess, to be honest, I, it makes me a little sad because I think it shows a, a lack of understanding of what we do and how we do it because it, it, it takes a minute. You know, it, it's like thinking that a writer just, types you know they've got to they've got to hatch hatch the thing and and uh i don't know i I think there's not much point in railing against it i just think it's a little it's cutting so fast i wish it wasn't yeah you know yeah uh aj had a question on the show not too long ago a few episodes back because he's doing a lot of self-taping these days and he had a, a sort of qualm about um, not a qualm. I thought the right word, but he, he was sort of wondering, how do you build a relationship with an office? Like you just described, how do you build a relationship with them without having the opportunity to work and have adjustments and meet them in person and, and introduce yourself? So if you're just self taping it, do you have anything that you sort of intuitively know? Like, okay, when I'm self taping, you just get in, you get out, you do the work. Like, is there anything you might share with listeners about how to maybe, uh, you know, quote unquote, do it right? I, 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 like I said, I'm a great believer in do the work, you know, just yeah. do the work, do the work, do the work. Uh, and I think the way you, that we're building the reputation is by, um, having those opportunities and having them see your face and get to know you. And, and, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I got nothing. I got, I got nothing helpful in that area. Well, I, I think even that is great to hear because yeah. sometimes we can get so bogged down with like, okay, my slate should take this many seconds and then I should oh, fade to black and yeah. then I should, you know, some people get worked up in that kind of thing. But I think if it's just like, it's not about that stuff. It's just about like your work is going to be the best reputation you could possibly build for yourself. Yeah. I think we don't want to get caught up in the minutia because it really, you know, I, I think we should always look at the things that increase tension and the things that reduce tension. That's, uh, a real basic with me, like if if you're in the waiting room and you're going over your sides again and again, you're getting more and more tense. Uh, mm. So you got to put that behavior away because it's not conducive. You know, I feel like the casting directors practice an art form as well, and sometimes that art form involves adjustments and guidance, and you know, seeing something they like and developing it as opposed to just taking the one take and that's it. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's tricky. My, my sort of off-the-cuff response to AJ's um, question was, well, I guess if you're going to build a relationship on tape like this, the best you can do is just communicate in every way possible that you're just a professional here to do the job. I think I even referenced uh, some of the concepts you talked about in uh, Audition Psych. Just uh, like I said at the very beginning of our chat, uh, you know, you show up and you're the surgeon. You don't ask permission you know, about right. where can I cut, you know, that, you know, where to do it. And as long as you can communicate that probably non-verbally, <laughs> but like it has to do with how you slate, how much you own that space. And that's, that's, I think a great way to build right. a relationship. I, right. I really like your point because I think, you know, committing to your choices as an actor going, I'm the expert. This is how I do the scene. You know, uh, this is how I'm doing it. As opposed to letting that thing flicker through your eyes that's like oh i hope they like this i hope it's good that's killing you yeah yeah but, am i lit know, properly you know like oh it's a framed yeah party? like yeah anything where you're evaluating while you're doing it is terrible yeah. you know it's it, yeah. and it, it just and, and it shows up in the eyes and i think um you know I'll, I'll just go back to what i said before it's like really do the character's job if it's figuring out how to save someone's life or if it's finding out if somebody wants more coffee or if it's trying to you know, make out a figure you see in the dark, do that, just engage in that task. And I think that is sort of how you're building a relationship because you're going, this is me doing my work and, and committing to it and being professional about it. Yeah. Amen. I want to make sure that I could give you these dates for, for these upcoming things. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, uh, this is for the, uh, the audition psych workshop that you've got coming up in, or I guess you have multiple workshops coming up I in Chicago. i got a bunch of stuff happening. Yeah. I, actually, uh, the first thing that I have coming up in in New York is I'm doing my comedy for the Unfunny Weekend again, which I'm excited about. Awesome. Uh, that's on the weekend of uh, November 18th and November 19th. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to Chicago. I miss Chicago. So I, I, I really love the Chicago actors. So I, I set up a whole trip. Um, I'm going to be doing Audition Psych 101 on Friday, Friday, December 1st. And then I'm doing the comedy for the unfunny uh, weekend intensive on December 2nd and December 3rd. So um, and that's a two, two, two completely different spaces because it just worked out that way. But uh, so all the information is on the website. You know, Great. You can click, click around and find everything. Yeah. And that website is auditionpsych101.com. Cool. Mm -hmm. So every, everything lives there. But New York and Chicago, Michael Kostroff is coming. It's coming for you. Uh, that's really exciting. Cool. And we'll be sure to have links to that uh, in the show notes <clears throat> for um, this episode as well. Michael, before I let you go, we have two questions that you may or may not remember that we ask all our guests. And I, I don't recall offhand what your responses to these were last time we chatted. But I'm, inter I'm interested to see if they've evolved or if they stayed the same. But the first question is, uh, do you feel that this career path chose you or did you choose it? I feel that it chose me. And I bet that's what I said last time, too. <laughs> I think it was in my DNA because before I even knew what acting was, I was getting up on a couch and doing a show and standing up and making songs. And I was just like I was doing this from, from before I knew there was such mm. a job. Hmm. Yeah. When you said earlier that like you never even had that dark night of the soul moment where you were like, nope, I'm not going to do this. You, you were always like, this is I, this is me. I'm doing this no matter what well, happens. I hasten to add, I never thought I'd have any success at it. That's the surprise. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I always wanted to pursue it. I always wanted to do it and be able to call myself an actor. So the, the success has been surprising. <laughs> it's been kind of a shock. I'm still not over it. The second question is uh, if you could – distill all your experience and your knowledge and and everything that you've learned and all the things that you've screwed up and all the things that you've figured you you've done right if you could condense all that into one nugget of wisdom to then 
pass on to somebody who's also walking this journey? What would that one nugget of wisdom be? <laughs> and that's when the podcast ended in silence. Oh, that's so hard. I don't, I can't, I, I'm so curious about what I said last time because I forgot the questions. Um, okay. So, so I, this is so sort of uncharacteristically Zen and I, you know, this might be what I said last time. I don't know, but, um, I think you can really miss what you're, what's going on right at the present time if you're too focused on on the places you haven't reached yet or the fuck-ups in the past. And I think that I, I, I'm almost never successful at this, but I feel that the, the goal should be celebrate what you got right now. So if you're all, all you're doing is community theater, instead of you know tearing your soul apart because you're not on a TV series – relish that community theater because a lot of people are not doing that part. I ran, I was on a commercial audition the other, uh, the other day and on the elevator down, I said to this guy, man, we, we would read together. I said, the things we do, we you know, tr- travel all this way to do these four words. And then we both stood there. I said, yeah, but you know what? I remember when I didn't have the opportunity to do that. So not to be overly positive because God, I really don't want to be that. But uh, I, I feel like, there's stuff to celebrate about wherever you are in your career, and it's 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 mentally healthier to do that. Yeah, there's a there's a psychological um, name for that. I think it's called hedonic adaptation. You know, if you're upset with things in your life, a great way to reset reset that is to pretend you're blind. Pretend your eyes got you know, God forbid, stabbed out. Cover your eyes. Pretend you're blind. Okay, now take your hands off your eyes. You can see. Oh my God, the world is amazing. I have the miracle of sight. Like, <laughs> well, honestly, listen, listen, honestly, the reason that I come to that philosophy is not because I'm a positive person, but quite the opposite, because I've, I've suffered from depression all my life. And I've, I've had to, you know, I, I haven't been wired particularly happy. And one of the reasons that I've become a happier person is by going, OK, with this moment right now, this breeze that's blowing by, that's kind of badass. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember every time I would book like a little role on a TV show, all my friends would say, hey, maybe they'll have you back. And I'm like. Well, maybe they will, but this week I'm a working actor. If this depends on whether they're going to call me back again, then, then I'm, I'm missing the, the right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, that's a theme that's come up on our show a lot lately, too, is just mindfulness and presence, the practice of being aware and present. And, and when, you can do, when you can really build that muscle and tune in almost at will, or at least catch yourself when you're off on some tangent, um, that's powerful. And that directly informs uh, your work as an actor, I feel like. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's so my theme with auditioning, like, I don't want to miss that moment of getting to act, you know, and getting to play a role and I want to play it fully. And I don't want to get, I don't want that experience to be destroyed by trying to Jimmy some outcome that's never going to happen. Cause most of the time we don't get cast, you know, that's, that's, you're killing the joy of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to miss it. And, I, and that's, that's, uh, I think my, the, the key to my um, enjoyment of my own auditions is I'm, I'm not looking past that moment. I'm just having that moment. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a perfect note to end on. Um, people uh, want to con- connect with you online. Um, I believe you are on Twitter at the real Kostroff and audition psych. You have two accounts. Is that, is that right? Correct. Cool. And then uh, we've got yeah. links. And I also have, I also have the <laughs> weekly curmudgeon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well. Got the on weekly Twitter. curmudgeon now. Oh, on, <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. Great. I don't, know what it's, I don't know what that account's called. I don't remember. But anyway. Okay. Um, 
we'll be sure to look it up or, or something. Uh, and then of course, uh, people can find out about your workshops, your, your books, everything you've got going on at auditionpsych101.com as well. And, uh, the newsletter is something that every actor should be signed up for. And I think I even got an email from you recently that said like, uh, I just hit like a threshold where it's like I bumped into a brand new tier of like having to pay like lots and lots of money to have all these people in the newsletter. No problem, except if you don't want to be on this, do you do everybody a favor and unsubscribe. Well, I just I just never want to send anybody spam. I'm I, like I I, I I always I don't want anyone on my list who doesn't want to be on my list. But I, I should add this because um, what I do is I keep a separate mailing list for every city. So no matter where you are, if you want to be notified of workshops when I come into town, get on the mailing list and you'll have a chance to put in your city and state. And, um, you know, I have a list for Vancouver. I have a list for Charlotte. I have a list for Boston. And whenever I'm going to those places, I will notify everybody in the area. That's so cool. Love it. Love it. These classes, you know, uh, as you know, I keep them as inexpensive as I can. Because it's it's really not about that for me. It's such a joy for me to be able to help actors uh, with an area that <laughs> causes so much anxiety for so many people and could be fun. Yeah, and it, yeah, ex- exactly. And it, it should be fun, frankly. I mean, that's it's ninety percent of our job. Well, let's say with comedy, comedy should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm very excited to bring comedy for the unfunny to uh, Chicago because I think Chicago actors will eat it up. Cool. Is, is any plans to bring that to LA at some point? I sh- I should I should do that I uh, I it's all a matter of my availability because now that I'm no longer in retirement apparently um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually working as an actor so that takes up some time yeah okay right on cool well uh, thank you again Michael you're like I said at the very beginning just to bring it full circle uh, your example and your teachings your 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 generosity with everything you've learned is such a gift to the community to the tribe and uh, really really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us again. Now I'm going to make you indulge me because I have to return the compliment. I, I was saying this before we got on the air, but I want to say it on the on the air. Uh, people are getting so much out of your podcast, and I, you know, uh, I was just talking to somebody today here in New York who said that she just thought it was so uh, so head and shoulders above uh, the other podcasts in this category because she actually walks away from every podcast episode with with some valuable stuff and I I love what you're doing too so you know um, thank you for having me on again I just love visiting with you awesome thanks we'll we'll have to do it uh, we'll have to do it again Anytime. anytime Hey everyone, welcome back from the bookends. Hope you enjoyed Trevor's updated chat with Michael Kostroff. Man, that guy's awesome. Uh, be sure, I think Trevor mentioned this last episode, but and we, you know, we, this was not a stipulation of him coming on the show, uh, us uh, plugging this. This is just because he's awesome and his workshops are awesome. But be sure to visit uh, auditionpsych101.com for details and dates of uh, Michael's upcoming workshops, both uh, Audition Psych 101 and his new one, Comedy for the Unfunny. Uh, all of that will be on his website and his website or the audition psych website anyway will be on uh, our website in the show notes for this episode trevor any uh, sort of debrief that you'd like to do on this one just so i just he's so generous with his spirit and with his knowledge thank you michael we love you to death hmm what is your pick of the week my friend my pick of the week is a book called Bored and Brilliant. Um, it is written by Manoush Zamarodi, who is also the host of a great podcast called Note to Self. 
And uh, I have to give a hat tip to Jasmine Bristow for introducing me and us to uh, Note to Self. A couple, gosh, it must have been a couple years ago, she wrote in with a listener pick of the week, which was this series that uh, Manoush ran on her podcast, Note to Self. That was all about sort of untethering, consciously untethering from your phone uh, and, and examining the ways in which it may uh, be taking advantage of you more than you taking advantage of it. And it was a series of like five experiments, I think, over the course of a week. And uh, they ran it again a year later, and then she wrote this book about it. And this book really expands a lot on some of the science behind various aspects of how we use this technology and how this technology is designed, frankly, to use us. So it's it's kind of a much more friendly version of The Shallows, which is a book that was my pick of the week a few episodes back. And that book was all about what's happening to our brains and how our our ability to focus for long periods of time on difficult problems or things is becoming literally like handicapped because we're training our brains to just constantly be jumping around, snacking on information all day. And so sitting down with a book or a long piece of text, for instance, or having an an in-depth conversation with someone with our phone in the other room is becoming increasingly difficult for us just because we are training ourselves so much of the time to do the opposite. So this book um, is a great sort of handbook slash action guide slash mm, somewhat of a deep dive into some of the science uh, about how how this is all happening and how we can sort of extricate ourselves and be more mindful with our technology. And I definitely recommend the audiobook. I am listening to this uh, via the Libby app. Uh, Christopher Gray, longtime supporter, friend of the podcast, awesome guy, also a very talented actor and voice actor. Uh, he told me about the Libby app, which is the uh, sort of next version of the um, LA Public Library's OverDrive app. In fact, I think the OverDrive app is sort of a, a, a nationwide app that connects with any library, and Libby is sort of the, the newer, better version of that. So I'm, I'm listening to this book uh, on the Libby app, and she, Manoush Zamarodi, narrates the book, and she's an awesome narrator, and there's some extra sort of goodies in the audiobook that aren't in the print book, just because they can't be, because they're they're audio in, in the audiobook. So check it out. Uh, Bored and Brilliant by Manoush Zomorodi. All right, I'm doing it. That'll be my next audiobook, for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. For sure. So your pick of the week, I did not send this to you. No, you didn't. I actually just corrected. I put in the, for those of you who are listening, all of you that can't see our outline, I put, did you send me this article, Trev? But no, I just realized it was from um, Pocket, which was a pick of the week. One of, Actually, it was your pick of the week first, and then my pick of the week like a year later. Um, no, okay, so this article, the title, the headline, of course, grabbed you. You, know, we've been, you and I have been talking about this whole hashtag van life thing. Uh, I think you made vagabonding your pick of the week years ago um and it's just like it just hangs around there in the background like this idea of freedom and being able to sort of travel persistently or at least for like you know six months to a year or something like that but the headline of this article was the digital nomad's guide to working from anywhere and i was like "Ooh, that sounds like right up our alley that's like what you and i've been talking about especially recently with the hashtag band life thing so i clicked on it and started reading it and i thought it was going to be like a sort of how to get started or how to or kind of like a you know interesting article on people who are working remotely it starts out like that and then it becomes it literally it breaks down and becomes 
a reference guide for any of the tools you could ever think of that you might need or want should you decide to basically give up all your worldly possessions and live on the road indefinitely. Um, So it goes over every aspect of this lifestyle from jobs on the go to, um, you know, educating yourself on like, uh, for instance, there's all these free summits you can go to where people are are doing talks on the digital nomad lifestyle, um, how to find places to live. Spoiler alert goes way beyond Airbnb, um, meeting up with people, finding cheaper travel, uh, uh, it covers everything and there's links in the article to all of these different apps and services and websites and resources and books and summits. So you could spend an exhaustive multi days working your way through just the links in the article. And I was like, this is like one of the best resources I've ever seen for something like this. And it's just in a fast company article. I was like, what the, like, there, it's like they snuck a. Re, it's like they snuck an updated, and they do mention the book um, in the article. It's like they snuck an updated four-hour work week into uh, a, a an article for for Fast Company. So check it out. Link is on our website. If you are at all interested in exploring the possibility of this kind of lifestyle, the Digital Nomads Guide to Working from Anywhere on Earth is the full title of the of the headline uh check this out and 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 just poke through all of the links uh it may take you hours so just (laughs) be warned i did warn you that this could be uh, a fanciful beautiful distraction uh but 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 do check it out when you when you've got a minute yeah this is packed man i'm looking at this this is like somebody should have bundled this as a 29 dollar ebook right that's what I'm saying. Very thorough article. Yeah. It was not what I was expecting. I, when I clicked on the uh, headline, I was like, oh, this should be an interesting read. And it turned out to be just like this list of, of resources. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It could it could very, you know, it, it reminds me of the kind of things that like, uh, you know, Chris Gullibo would, would, would release or, or that book or Vagabonding. You know, you guys have a lot of homework this week. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Sweet. All right. Well, today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer. And of course, Trevor Algat, Team IAP, also includes Jen Levin, Godali Gubrick, Deborah Smith, and Grace Gordon. Visit us online at InsideActing.net to sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all 297 of our episodes. You can also find us on social media and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's a great non-monetary way to support the show. And thanks to the magic of internet algorithms... Leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts is really important in helping new people find this show as well. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and vo to gogo And thanks to you, our listeners. If you'd like, you can directly support the continued production of Inside Acting with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing monthly contribution. Just visit InsideActing.net to learn more and send a dollar or two or 70 or more our way. And that's it for episode 297 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. 